Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks, Morris. I am Marie, the SLP, and today is a therapy tip Thursday. Thursday therapy tip. I can't remember the order of those words, but whatever rolls off the tongue easier for you, okay? But today is going to be a quick little snapshot of a strategy I like to use in my speech therapy sessions when promoting expressive language, when promoting social engagement. Um, So let's get into it. We're going to talk about the four eyes. Now, if you've seen some of my YouTube videos, this might have come up. I talk about it a lot, especially when I'm already talking about the observe, wait, and listen approach, the rock approach, the four S's. All of these things are things to keep in mind and to kind of learn how to do um, maybe simultaneously. Sometimes you might be just focusing on one of the eyes or just the four eyes or making sure that you're taking enough time waiting or things like that. But with the four eyes, I always like to recommend that you try and use them all together. So while maybe one day you're like, I really need to focus on including, because what are the four eyes? Include, interpret, imitate, and intrude. So maybe you're like, yeah, I want to make sure today <clears throat> I'm using the child's interests and um, that's going to be a huge part of my focus to make sure that the child knows that, you know, They can enjoy what we're doing and maybe it'll make them more engaged. But while we're doing that, we also want to make sure that we're including the other three. So we'll start with include. You want to make sure the child's interests are being included in what you're doing. And like I said, that promotes enjoyment. That promotes more motivation and engagement when your child is doing something that they love. Um, You know, I... I don't like to impose my activity ideas on a child when we're already struggling to get that social connection. When you're building rapport with your clients, um, or even when you're working with your own child at home, right, or you're you're having a a time to play together, you want to make sure that you're doing something that's fun, that's encouraging. Also something that, you know, for them, if they really love to do it, maybe it's because they're really good at it. Um, and so it builds that confidence and that motivation to continue to engage in that activity. And then you can put in all the other little elements of these strategies, like the neck or not the next one, but one of the eyes intruding, intruding, sorry. Um, but let's go now. So we have include down. So yeah, you want to include those child, that child's interests. The next I is interpret. You want to interpret all communication attempts. And this is huge because sometimes, and even for me, um, I miss those things. And sometimes like if I push into a classroom and the child is waving their arms and maybe I just, I don't quite put that together that they're trying to get a friend's attention. It's, it's so important to be able to kind of take a step back and say, wait, 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 what happened right before that? You know, maybe their friend walked by or maybe their friend is holding a cracker that the child really likes um, or a toy that the child really likes. And they might be trying to get some kind of attention or they're trying to get the toy. Right. But that's a communication attempt. So like I said, sometimes I'll walk into the classroom and something like that or another type of thing will happen. Um, and the, t- the teachers that I collaborate with that are amazing, um, oh, excuse that singing voice. It is still early in the morning. This is my morning voice, my morning podcast voice. Anyways, so a teacher might, um, you know, be like, oh, Marie, so-and-so was, you know, waving at his friend. 
didn't you see that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you for pointing that out. I totally missed it. I was, you know, I got distracted or I was, I just wasn't paying enough attention. So it's really good to take those steps back and to kind of analyze every little detail because those small little things are worth celebrating, those little milestones, um, those little moments. So, you know, communication attempts, again, they could look like a change in affect. So maybe your child, you know, let's say you pull out, so you pull out something that they love. You pull out dinosaurs because the child loves dinosaurs, but then you also pull out Play-Doh, but you know the child does not like Play-Doh. Either they don't like the way it feels or they just don't care for it. Either way, you pull it out and maybe, you know, even though they see the dinosaurs and they have access to them, maybe you introduce the Play-Doh just to see what they do and maybe their change, you know, their facial expression changes. That's a communication attempt, right? You can say, oh, you don't like it. Um, which, you know, sometimes is good because then they kind of hear that language and they can learn it. Um, so that interpretation is important. It also is important because it lets the child know that they're being heard. It lets them know, okay, you get me, or you're trying to get me. You're here to help me when, you know, I, I can't get the right thing out, whether it's a sign or a vocalization or anything. You're letting them know buddy, any way that you can tell me or show me is acceptable. Any way that you want to do um, what you need to do to get your needs and wants met is okay with me because we're going to build on that, you know? And so it's it just creates this safe space for them to know that they're going to be heard and their needs and wants are going to get met no matter how hard you have to try. Sometimes, you know, I had a little guy last year who it was he was nonverbal. And so sometimes it was just really hard to tell us when his tummy hurt. And that was kind of with some related health issues. That that was something we knew from mom that might be happening. So sometimes he'd make a little like squish face and all of a sudden maybe give a little vocalization. And so we would sit there, you know, do you want to eat? Oh, tummy hurt and show him his visuals and things like that. And that would really help because then we would know, okay, let's go to the calm area. You know, let's play a song. Let's lay flat on our or on our back maybe because that might help. Or we might, you know, stand up, help move things, help circulate, right? Whatever. Um, to kind of make sure that we're letting him know we understand you, bud, and we're going to help you. Okay, let's go on to imitation. If you watched my video on the four eyes, you know how excited I get when I talk about imitation. <laughs> imitation is following the child's lead and imitating what the child is doing and saying. I know with imitation, like obviously I have goals written for my students where I want them to imitate me, whether it's speech sounds, whether it's communication attempts in any form, right? Um, or I want them to be imitating their peers or, or whatnot. But the way we build that skill for them is by first showing them what imitation is. And so when we are imitating them first, and, and again, this goes back to letting them know, hey, I hear you. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm here to engage with you. And this isn't a solo, you know, speech session where you do your thing and I just watch you. Um, that So that's one aspect of it where, you know, you just you're just building that, again, that rapport, that back and forth. And imitation is so cool because you can kind of um, have these like uh, like reciprocal conversations. So if my child or student is going, you know, ah, and I start just going, ah, and then they go, ah, and I go, ah, it's a back and forth. Another thing that's really cool about imitation and to build on 
to build that skill of first modeling how to imitate for them, you can turn it into a game where, and I talk about this in my video, but <clears throat> you'll turn it into a game where let's say the child's doing ah, and you do ah, and you keep imitating them. Or maybe it's a gesture, maybe it's actions. I mean, this is, imitation's a great way to work on action words. If a child's bouncing up and down in their seat, you can start bouncing up and down and say, oh, bounce, 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 right? Maybe they'll try and vocalize it or give a word approximation, who knows? But the, the point is that you're building that back and forth between two people, that social connection. So when you have them doing something where they started doing it and you're imitating them, do it as many times as you want to build the fun in there. They, I think I noticed the kids light up. At first, they're like, what are you doing? Why are you copying me? Um, but then when they realize that I'm going to keep imitating them, they love it because they realize the control that they have. Sometimes the child might start changing what they do or, or the, the sound that they're making or the word that they're saying or whatever. And sometimes they don't. And so the beauty in that is, is that you can try and change it then. So when it's your turn, if they're going, ah, 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 maybe like the fifth or 10th or whatever time around, you can go, oh, and see if they do it. And I've had success with that. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're bringing them in speech session after speech session or play after play activity after play activity. And you're trying to kind of get those new imitations in there where they're now imitating you. And it might happen 10 days later, who knows? But the point is that you keep doing it. You keep that repetition and you keep letting them know, hey, you're in charge of this people game. Um, so then the fourth I is intrude. And in solitary play, we want to engage with the child. So, um, you know, if you have, so let's say, okay, you've, you've included their interests. Okay, great. They're playing dinosaurs on the floor. You're interpreting all their communication and attempts. Okay, great. You've figured out they do not want Play-Doh. You're imitating all their vocalizations. They were, you know, they were going rawr like a dinosaur. So you went rawr like a dinosaur and multiple times. But maybe their back is still to you. Maybe they keep turning away from you every time you try to get a little bit uh, closer or face them in their direction or whatever. So um, now you want to make sure that you're intruding, that you're kind of letting them know I'm still here, bud. <laughs> now, obviously, we don't want to do anything that's out of a comfort zone for them. Yes, we want to push them a little bit, and that's what intruding kind of does, but you just want to be mindful. Mindful intrusion is what we should call it. Personally, I am a big, and I've been this way since I was a little girl. I remember having moments when I was like probably three or four where personal space, my boundaries could not be like, I do not want you in my bubble. Physically, obviously, um, I just, that's just a personality thing with me. I am, I, you know, I'm a big hugger with my friends and family, but then when it's like, if I don't know you, hold on, give me a little bit of time, then you may invade my bubble. It's just, it's funny how it works. And so I totally get it when it comes to intruding, um, with my littles because I don't want to push it. I don't want them to be super uncomfortable to the point where they're like, I do not want to communicate with you anymore. So with intrusion, the, the best thing, the best piece of advice I could give you is make sure you're face to face. So you're at their level. You're not sitting up in a chair. You're not, you know, you're not on your knees while they're like lower on the ground. You're kind of like, I'll get on my, my tummy if, if it means that I'm going to get that meaningful interaction with a child. Um, 
But there's a way to implement what I call creative stupidity and intrusion. So if they're playing with those dinosaurs and they keep turning their body from you and they clearly don't want to um, <laughs> to be facing you, take a dinosaur and do something silly with it. Make it do something maybe it normally wouldn't do. Make it make a crazy sound. Put it on your head. Put it on the child's head. Um to intrude in that play, to make it more of a, a two-person thing versus a one-person thing. Um, other things you can do, have the dinosaurs, have it maybe where, you know, you can try and put the dinosaurs away or in like a clear tub while you're playing to, again, put that creative stupidity element or that sabotage element into it. So that way the child now has to kind of maybe work a little bit on that joint attention or turn their body to face you to see the dinosaurs in the bin to get them back to access them um I don't know it, it's so important again yes you want to you know you want to get there you don't want to be you want to be in their face but you don't want to you don't want to you know cause them frustration I guess is the best way to say it so if you can pick up on their you know little facial expression cues you can pick up on um maybe some uh body language or vocalizations that might occur as you inch closer into their personal space to see, okay, how far can I push this? Obviously, I don't want to cause them frustration, but how can I get them to know that I am here with them? But by consistently doing that imitation, by consistently um, interpreting those communication attempts, you're going to be intruding, you know? And so it's good to remember um, sometimes less might be more. You just have to read your child. So that's just my big takeaway from this for the four eyes. Just make sure that you're taking those steps back. You're, you know, looking at the environment um, and then including their interest and kind of going from there. All right. So that's it for the four eyes. This was a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I hope that you got some good takeaways from this. And I look forward to coming back with some more therapy tip Thursdays for you. As always, if you or a friend or anybody that you know would love to be on this podcast, you can go to thanksmorris.com. There is a page dedicated to the podcast where you can fill out a form. And once you submit that form, it sends me an email and lets me know how I can get in contact with you. Um, if you put a little uh, sentence or two in there about what you would like to talk about, that also helps because that gives me a better idea of how to structure the episodes. I also... Uh, ask that you make sure that you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Every little bit helps to give me feedback and let me know what I could do better. And also, I'm always open to suggestions of things you need to hear about, you want to hear more about, you want to learn about. Yeah. All right. I look forward to coming back with some more Thursday therapy tips. But for now, I am going to go enjoy some fun in the sun. So I will see you later. Well, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.